0: Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Oh, very good morning. I'm Lin Li Fu. You're listening to Morning Shot. With economic activity picking up pace over the last year, Singapore has generated more domestic waste than the year before. Domestic recycling rate also fell slightly to the lowest level in over a decade, as higher freight costs meant less waste than usual was exported for recycling. Coming on the back of all of that, have you wondered where your waste ends up? Well, marine researchers say some of what you throw up actually ends up in the oceans. Over the last six years, local marine scientists who have dived to clean up trash from our rich coral reefs in surrounding areas like the Lazarus, Kusu and Sisters Islands picked up more than 2,500 kilograms of it. And among the debris retrieved, rubber tires and even a washing machine. For more insight on what's ending up on our seabeds, we're joined by a marine scientist who has died alongside all that trash. She is Sam Su Chin, co founder of a non profit organization that champions protection of Singapore's coral reefs and marine biodiversity, our Singapore reefs. Very warm welcome to you, Su Chin.
1: Hi, hello. Good morning, Emily.
0: Good morning. So we mentioned earlier about a washing machine that ended up on our seabed. That's among some of the debris picked up by your team previously. Tell us, what other interesting types of trash have you come across in our waters? And is the situation getting worse?
1: Basically, I think if you name it, I probably have seen it. Oh, so gosh. I think recently we found mattresses, um, metal lake frames, you know, they're actually bundled together. So there's like bundles of 20s all in a, in a pool underwater. And I think the most interesting thing I would say is, you know, you dive off the pontoon and you actually see a whole entire set of barbecue items like tongs, um, the mesh, and even an unfinished packet of hot dogs. So that's quite scary to see. Yeah. And also like graveyards of plastic bottles.
0: Just out of curiosity, how much work is it trying to get all of this out of the water? Could you describe the process, especially with bigger and heavier debris like the mattress that you were talking about?
1: yeah so I think typically for um, each dive, we have about ten to thirty divers on each cleanup trip, so we have two trips, and each lasting about forty five minutes to one hour right so during the dive, so we work in groups, we use mesh bags to collect the lighter ones, and then you know for larger and bigger items such as glass. And um, metal, we use basket, So it's really shopping underwater, picking up trash. Mm -hmm. And I think when we come across big ticket items like, you know, fish cage, mattresses, and even you mentioned um, washing machine. Mm -hmm. So um, we will actually mark their location with a surface marker so that, you know, it actually signals that, hey, actually we need more help here. Mm -hmm. And then we'll at least help with additional divers Mm -hmm. with lift bags Right. And after the book, we will try to retrieve the items. So the thing is, because we're just recreational divers, safety is still very important. So mm-hmm. I think we do what we can. So for the items that are too bulky to be removed, we actually record the type of trash and location. And then we will plan for suitable logistics or, you know, work with partners to retrieve them at a later time.
0: Just to put things into perspective, Singapore has one landfill, only one, right? Compared to our neighbours, like Malaysia, yeah. Malaysia has like yeah. 160 over at least, and then maybe uh, uh, Brunei, which is smaller, also. I think they've got about six or seven landfills. So, are there ways to track back where all the waste come from, and how challenging is that? And you know, taking the perspective that we only have one landfill.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's good that you highlighted it, right? So Pulau Simpang is only the one landfill, and it's offshore. I think, and it's going to be filled up really quickly. So it's actually quite concerning for us, you know. So what if the landfill is is filled up? Uh, where are we looking at for next landfill? Are we gonna um, you know take away some other islands as well, right? So this is an interesting question. So you know we are naturally curious, right? So when we sort through the trash we collect, we see so many different kind of labels and packaging. So some of them we never really even seen before. And it shows that it's really a global problem and it can come from many sources and countries. So to say that, you know, how can we actually track back the race where they come from is actually very tricky because, you know, even environmental conditions such as currents and wind patterns, they can affect the movement and distribution of marine debris. So it's very challenging to actually track down its exact origin. However, um, there are some tools, you know, like um, researchers can use modelling to actually simulate and predict the movement of where they land up and then where they end up and where they go. And I think for some packaging, if it's intact, you can actually reveal the place of origin. But I feel that there still need a lot of collaborative efforts, you know, between countries and, you know, more research to tackle this issue. because what we know is it's still very surface, at a surface level.
0: Okay. Singapore is, after all, one of the busiest ports in the world. Does all the underwater trash affect ships that go through our ports?
1: Yeah, definitely, Mm -hmm. and you know, we have, um, it's a very busy shipping hub, we have a lot of vessels, so both commercial and recreational, they pass through our waters daily, so you know, floating trash, especially like, you know, fishing nets, they can easily entangle in their propellers and compromise their operations, right, so Mm -hmm. this naturally poses a threat to navigational safety, and also it can increase the risk of accidents um,
0: between boats. We are in conversation with Sam Sutin, co-founder of our Singapore Reefs. Restoring corals in our Singapore waters is a crucial part of your work we hear. So you dive all the time. What are some of your key observations as you go about your work underwater? How does the trash on our seabeds affect our marine ecology?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm very lucky to be able to combine my passion and my work, right? So during our dive surveys, we conduct um, regular monitorings of these coral transplants. So we want to check, you know, um, how well they're doing, their growth, and then how they surviving and their overall health. So for us, we do a lot of um, photo taking underwater, right, to see whether they're doing okay. And then sometimes you're very happy to see corals growing so well, but other times, we get so frustrated because the corals are broken, you know, by fishing line or covered with plastic bags that actually limit their growth. So it can be really heartbreaking to witness that first-hand impact of marine debris. Right. So no matter how big or small, they can damage the environment. So we can see especially lost fishing gears, you know, like, like nets, like fishing line. They can continue to trap marine animals. And then the smaller ones like plastic bag, you know, cloth, they can smaller coral reef and other marine life as well. So, you know, um, coral reef are really the foundation of the whole marine ecosystem. So when they're destroyed and they really take very, very long to grow and reestablish that kind of majestic structure they have. And many marine animals can lose their homes as well.
0: But let's say if the underwater trash situation gets worse over time, do you think things like water quality might take a turn for the worse? Yeah,
1: it could be, especially areas that spill filled with uh, trash. So a lot of marine debris, often they contain um, chemical additive and toxin that can potentially leach into surrounding waters. So where we harvest our favourite seafood and then we enjoy our recreational activities. You know, I love kayaking, I love diving near, in, in the water. And this chemical and toxin they not only can pose potential risk to marine life and um, ecosystems, but also to us, you know, when we consume contaminated seafood, right? So we know about microplastics, right? You know, they break down and then they can also absorb the plastics and toxins from the plastics into their tissue. And then they can accumulate and it will go up the food chain. So eventually it reach us, you know, who consume those kind of contaminated seafood. And then also being in the water, especially swimming in polluted waters, it can increase the risk of, you know, waterborne and infection diseases and exposure to harmful pollutants that can lead to various health issues. You probably don't want to kayak or dive in these waters.
0: Contamination, <laughs> pollution, they all damage ecosystems, yeah. right? And harms humans both directly mm. and indirectly. So what kind of outreach yeah. efforts do you think is needed, both from a policy and community point of view, in order to turn the tides? Mm,
1: so I think, like I said, it's, it's a huge problem. I mean, it's it's global, right? So we definitely need um, all hands on that. So we need the government, businesses, individuals to actually work together. So it would be really great, you know, to really have more policies to protect the marine ecosystem and then come up with innovative, sustainable strategies to track capture, recycle and eliminate ocean bound waste. Right. So before they go into ocean, you come up with solutions to stop stop it. Okay, and but it, it really requires a lot of um concerted effort from, you know, different countries as well to improve uh, waste management on that, on that global level. But I also feel it's disheartening, that like we can see agencies and corporations that are increasingly reaching out to the community, right? They initiate partnership, dialogues with various stakeholders. And then we really want to expand outreach program, especially to, you know, people who are not in touch with this issue. And they also provide grants and mentorship to you. So especially want to encourage them to, you know, come up with ideas and become the change makers of the future, right?
0: As you mentioned, in the heart of the matter, reducing our personal waste. Does that actually Mm. help, though, in reducing the waste that eventually gets into our natural environment? And how does the waste we churn, in turn, have a circular impact on us?
1: So um, I actually did a talk. And then I have um, aunties coming up to me and say, hey, so I don't go to the beach and I, I have pin it there. So the rubbish, right, that you find underwater, it's not ours. <laughs> so the thing is, I, I personally feel that, you know, um, reducing our personal waste is definitely not enough, but it's a good start to your journey in sustainability. And I think the easiest thing that anyone can do is to really dispose of trash properly and that already can help to divert ocean-bound trash, right? So, um, if we think about it, the entire problem of trash it all starts with our consumption habits, right? So, being by, con- being by being conscious of our own actions and choices we make as consumers, we can potentially help to change the world and make it better. And you can use your purchasing power to support companies that actually prioritize sustainability and environmental-friendly practices. So like you said, we might not be able to remove every single trash in the ocean. It's never-ending, right? But together, um, we can actually help to tackle it on a smaller scale. And then then it's definitely easier than fighting climate change. So this is really the best that we can do to preserve and help preserve and safeguard our natural
0: environment for future generations. Okay, now I'm having second thoughts about that shopping trip this weekend. <laughs> Thank you very much for yeah. sharing up this. us. <laughs> we've been yeah. speaking with Sam um, Chu Chin, co-founder of Singapore Reefs. Thank you very much, Chu Chin. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.